Hello and welcome back to the TMA PodCon 21. I am Josh, the host of the Twistmodel Network and all-around fun person, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's been a long day. Um, as you can see, my green screen is now just a green screen. The light from the sun behind me is a little bright, so it messes up everything. But that's okay because you guys aren't here to really listen to me. You're here to listen to the guests and hosts of the How to Be a Better Host segment. And those two are Aaron from It's a Fandom Thing Pod and Pixie from Next on Stage One. Thank you guys so much. How are you today, Thank Aaron? You. I'm good. How are you? I, I am great. I'm great. <laughs> You're are doing you, a Pixie? great job. <laughs> Thank you. How are you doing, Pixie? Hanging in. Over oh, there. pretty good. Sorry, I was like, oh, "Are you talking <laughs> to me?" Oh my goodness, I'm gonna mess this thing up. No, it's fine. <laughs> this is this is what indie podcasting is all about, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, hey, well, yeah. Thanks. Hello. Saw in the comments. How's it going, Aaron? <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, Bali, you have been entered in to the uh i'm calling it the wheel we're spinning a wheel at the end of the q a to determine who's going to win the tma podcon 21 gift box if you comment on one of these videos or uh, retweet with a question for any of the hosts you will be automatically entered in to win and uh, we'll be doing that at the end of the q a so that being said let's let's start this off um we're, we're basically here to kind of give some some pointers and some tips on how to be a better host how to perform some some interviews a little bit more professionally and stuff like that um erin what do you have in store for us today um well i'm going to be talking about how to first reach out to people how to prepare for your interview, um, different things that can come up when you're interviewing. I have some cl clips as well. How to keep your momentum going if you're kind of feeling like, I suck at this, I'm horrible at this, I can never do this again, which is bound to happen. Everybody has self-doubt in this. I mean, we're putting ourselves out there and we are bound to have that. So that's kind of my little bit overview of what I'll be discussing. And I know Pixie... We had talked before and we're kind of just going to play off of each other, right? Absolutely. I'm here to be your Robin to the Batman. So let's <laughs> let's get this spicy show. Yeah. Does that make me Alfred? Can I be Alfred then? You can be Alfred. Yes. yes. Definitely be Alfred. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'll just jump right in then and just say the big thing. Yeah. And this also goes if you want to have guest podcasts on your show too. This doesn't just go with interviewing guests. Like if you want to interview a creator, but it also can go with podcasts. Don't be afraid to reach out. I mean, honestly, it's so cliche to say this, but the worst thing that can happen is someone will say no. I mean, that's the worst thing. And I've had that, or I've had someone say they wanted me to pay them to be on the podcast. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. But <laughs> that really is the worst thing that can happen. And, you know, just go for it. If there's someone you want to have on there, find their email if you can. You know, I, I think that's sometimes better depending on the person. If it's a podcast, I feel fine DMing them. But if it's like a creator, I think sometimes it's better to try and email them if you have their email address at hand. 
which you can find on their websites. That's another And try to make it personal. Try to like, yes, when you reach out to them, kind of don't go in, hey, I have a podcast. I think it'd be great. Hey, I saw you in this Mm -hmm. movie. I'm such a big fan. You, you are just like the number one person I would love to interview. Give it to them to like a personal touch when you, when you get into talking to them. Very, you know, and no, that's so true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's over email, so you there's only so much personal you can put into it. But if maybe you did like an audiogram to them. Maybe you found them on Instagram and you sent them a, a video chat and been like, hey look, off put dance that you might like a say a, a you know, a podcast, come on in. Send me yeah. a message. Yeah, you know, that's a good idea. I, like I haven't do, done that, but that's a good idea. Since I interview that's a from... lot of podcasters, um, I usually preface it with, hey, I was listening to your podcast, and I really, because mm-hmm. I do listen to podcasts, believe it or not, um, and and a lot of times <laughs> I I interview some of my favorite shows that I listen to, so it's it, it's definitely a lot easier to get guests on a show when you're more personable with them and not just, hey, I run a show. You want to come on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah, because because <laughs> they'll they'll know you're BSing right away if you don't Correct. say something that's like for instance, and I have clips that we're going that uh, Josh is going to play with some of these tips. Um, but I know like when I reached out to for instance Josh Rubin who directed uh, Scare Me and the movie Werewolves Within, which I don't know if anybody's seen those. They're both great movies, and he is a super nice guy. But I reached out to him and it was very important to be like, you know, I love your movie. This is why I think your movie would be a great subject for my podcast. So making it personal so they know you're not just like randomly just sending the same email to like 100 different people and crossing your fingers that someone responds. So, yeah, that's 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 a big tip there. And have a vision board. Have a vision board. I know it sounds cheesy, but I've put people on my vision board and they've been on the podcast and I mean, yeah, it's reaching out, but still, I think, I don't know. Do you have a vision board? I don't have a vision board. Holy cow. That's amazing. I'm going to make one right now. (laughs) Cause I have some that are like, you know, eventually, you know, big up there that I know that right now probably wouldn't be on, but just, you know, making those goals. So, Yeah. Number yeah. one for me, Mark Hamill, for sure. He is top of my vision board. <laughs> See, put him on there. <laughs> Josh, what would be your first question to ask Mark Hamill on your podcast? Listen, I wouldn't. So you, you're not even prepared. Yeah, <laughs> you you got to be quicker gotta than be that. Yeah. I would have to. I would have to bring Jesse in with me because I would be too like shell shocked and like, hi, Mark. I'm so happy you're here. Total fan barreling <laughs> over it. Yeah, <laughs> just... Absolutely. It would it would be it would be bad. I don't uh, yeah. <laughs> it, I would take be weeks of preparation and no question would be good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, That's the other thing is that you have to be prepared to jump yes. into an interview because you don't know how much time that person has to be able to dedicate to your podcast. So you have to be conscious of their time absolutely yeah and that's why my number one thing when i'm preparing for an interview is research research and then research some more (laughs) and this is because when you research there might be actually moments that come up during the interview and it was something that wasn't on your outline but you thought of it while they were talking and because you had research you went oh 
I can bring this in here. And this might be a good thing to talk about, which leads me to, I have a clip, clip number three. This should be from a, the Josh Rubin interview that I did. Number three. Yes. It's, it's always been in the back of my brain. It's funny because Fred's werewolf story is very loosely based on an idea, a kid who was next to me in English class. I totally fredded this idea from this kid, but it was a kid I'll never forget. I wish I knew his name. I'd credit him. But he had the, he, we had to write short stories in English class, and he wanted to write a short story about a girl whose parents were killed by a werewolf, and then she became a bounty hunter. Mm. And I thought that was such a cool idea. Um, and he thought of it ages ago. I wish I could get in touch and be like, we should do it. But um, that was uh, it was definitely lifted. So I was an elementary school thief. I was an elementary school plagiarist. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a natural friend. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I was watching uh, that little thing you did where you were talking about that uh, short horror story you wrote about the shark and oh, the yeah. restaurant. <laughs> and shark attack at Central Bay, obviously. Yeah, and that reminded <laughs> me of when I was in elementary school, I wrote a story about a couch that ate people and killed people. Oh. And then, you know, there's a movie out called Killer Couch. <laughs> wow. Oh, I love that. So see, that just leads to fun little interactions where it's like you you might not have had that happen if you hadn't done that research and watched that video that had, when I watched that, that had nothing to do with the subject matter. That had nothing to do with his movie. I just happened to be like, I'm going to watch all these videos he's done because he has a YouTube station and all these interviews. And then that was in the back of my mind. And so when he brought that out, I could also make it a personal thing because I think that's also important is if you have that rapport with someone, then they feel better about being on, I think. Do you think that too, Pixie? Absolutely. I think people just love to talk about themselves, especially, <laughs> you know, the, your guest wants to, they want to tell you about themselves. And if you can just, like, pry these, like, little nuggets of, from their brain, you can have such wonderful conversations because everybody's going to ask the same boring mm -hmm. questions. What did you think about that? How was this? Make it personal. Jump in there. Yeah. You know, ask them about the couch. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen or what you're going to yep. uncover that's going to make your podcast and your interview stand out from other ones. Yep. Jesse exactly. in the chat has a question. Aaron, what's your typical starting point for research? That's a really good question. Uh, my biggest starting point is if there's going to be a main subject, like for the Josh Rubin interview, the main topic was his movie Scare Me. So I had already seen it, but my big thing was rewatching that. He also uh, created these scripts, like the original script, and they were in books, and I had one. And so reading the script and making notes. So that's the big thing is just first starting with that. And then I would watch it once through and make notes and then watch again so that you're also watching it to enjoy it. So you're not just watching it and taking notes because you can miss something. So that's a, that's a big first step. There are tons of others, but that's the first step I would do. Yeah, that's, that's I don't, perfect. I don't do any research. I <laughs> feed off of my co-host and I, you just never know what's going to jump out of my mouth. So I'm like, oh, that's great. How about this? And and so my co-host is just like, he's got a stack of, of papers and he just throws it up in the air and he's all like, thanks, Pixie. This is great interviewing skills. But it's a good time. Sometimes the improv is good. 
Yeah, I, one of my favorite things to do in, in writing out questions and stuff like like you in that clip were able to pivot with things and, you know, go through and, you know, work your way through that interview. I really like in my notes to write if I ask a yes or no question, I write my response to yes and my response to no. So Ooh. I have that ready and I have a little bit of research for either one. Um it really, it really helps on those on the fly. Cause a lot of times if you're expecting someone to say yes and they say no, you're like, uh, uh, okay, well, next question then. So if you're already prepared for the unpreparable, I guess you could say, um, <laughs> like, like Bali was saying, you can't over prepare. And that's, that's a really good point because, you know, doing those extra little steps will really help bring that interview out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of going off of that too, is read the guest and know what they'd be okay with. Like try to see if you can. And the way you can do that is with research too. You can see how they are in other interviews, if they're comfortable with cursing. Um, I'm not saying you should curse necessarily during an interview. It depends on who you, every person I've interviewed with just comes right out and curses during the interview, but you know, just see what they'd be, what they'd be okay with. If they're okay with loose and if they're okay with you being personable, then be personable. Um, like I asked a question of Josh in that same interview and you can hear, I'm a little bit nervous to ask it. So you'll hear me stumble a bit, which I think is good to hear that too. Um, but it was a question that maybe if, if I didn't know that he was okay with talking about this subject, I probably wouldn't have asked it, but it led to a really great answer. So that's, that's the first clip. Clip number one. Yes. Okay. You sort of talked a little bit, what inspired you to do that, but I want to know, and I'm not at all saying that you, you know, not, not an attack at all on you as a white man, but was there any part of yourself that you were exploring with writing that? Like, was there any part of yourself that you were confronting or anything like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's always that, um, you're always going to get judge voice and, you know, devil voice that says, um, uh, why does he, why does she, or why do they? belong there when i've done x y and z when my mom and my dad told me that i would be the best and that mm -hmm. i deserved the world you know well i've had it easy this far how come i can't have x y and z and let's you know be honest i i have busted ass um to get to where i am but i've definitely listened to the devil voice in me um, when it comes to envy and competition and, and it's been extra interesting and icky and specific when it's been on occasion um, for the great women in my life and in my circle. In my personal case, it's been very rare. I have a lot more with guys, especially men. You know, I get along sort of, you know, I've had more women friends in my life than male friends, let's say. And I've, I've definitely noticed a lot more aggressive competitive habits in men and certainly white straight males um in entertainment um and i've worked with a lot of them and come up with a lot of them and um so in, in essence i'm kind of in fred playing a confluence of the men that i've met along the way especially ones that i've had very who have you know confided in me very candidly they're sort of um let's say uh uncouth uh, uh phrasing towards women that have advanced ahead of them in a way that i i just was not brought up to talk or think that way mm -hmm. i have a little more insulation than them so you're not attacking at all it's a very real thing yeah so i thought that was i mean and he went on for more but yeah i thought that was a good way to lead to that answer so yeah that's brilliant hot take right there 
<laughs> kind of. I mean, not really. <laughs> kind of not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pixie, do you have any moments like that? Oh, we we have uh, we record a lot, so there's a lot that doesn't get added into an episode. And sometimes, you know, you got to figure out. Do you add the kitchen sink? Do you add this hot button topic? Um, sometimes guests will ask to, you know, can you not post that? It was a little too, too personal. So you kind of got to fill the room as you're editing through the story to make sure that you're you're pre you're presenting the best that your guest is going to enjoy, what your listeners are going to enjoy, and you yourself. I mean, if you're editing, you're the storyteller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aaron, yeah. Carla asks, how do you control your nerves? Aside from alcohol, that's a given. <laughs> well, my most For nervous, uh, the most nervous I have ever been interviewing someone was Josh, actually, honestly, because he was like so high up on my vision board. It was like incredible that I got him. I mean, he responded within, and this is just the kind of guy he is. I'm not saying this will happen to you every time. He responded within 24 hours and said he wanted to be on. Wow. Um, and he has actually been on a panel after that. He was on our Donnie Darko panel, um, you know, all this stuff. And he's he's just a really, really good guy. So that made a difference. But I was very nervous. I mean, Carla can attest to this. I was talking to her going, oh, my gosh, I hope this goes well. And part of what puts me at ease is trying to approach it like we're both in entertainment. We're both trying to entertain people. So we're both in the same thing. And we're also both human beings and we're both people. And uh, that kind of helps. Um, I, and with him, I just got lucky because he's like one of those people that he's just like puts you at ease right away. But I think that's the big thing is trying to remember they're just human beings that you're interviewing. It's not, you know, I mean, I know if I saw Carla mention George Clooney earlier. I know if I interviewed George Clooney, this this would not happen. I would be, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to get a single word out. So <laughs> that would be different. But I think that's that's yeah, that's. So you're saying it'd be like me trying to interview Mark Hamill? Exactly. Then. Yes. Okay. All right. See, I don't feel as bad then. <laughs> well, with that, it's really good to be able to have a co-host or somebody that you can bring yes. in to ask more questions, and then you can play off of one another. Because sometimes, well, your guests are going to be intimidating the higher up the food chain you go. When you're a small fry and you're just starting out, don't be afraid to, like, go out, try new questions, you know, mm -hmm. and, and kind of talking to your guests before you set up the interview is going to help kind of make it easier on both, on all individuals involved. <laughs> I don't, I don't drink while I do my show, so, but my co-host does. <laughs> well, I've, I've had a lot of interview guests that are drinking while I'm interviewing them. <laughs> so that could be the putting funnest. them at ease. Yeah. I don't, I mean, <laughs> when I do my interviews, it's usually, it's just me, but when I do a panel, there's a few of us on there. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's, so when he came back and was on a panel, it wasn't just him. So it was like Carla was there too. And, and, um, and his fiance was on there too. And so it was like very different and very at ease, but yeah, just trying to remember they're human beings is, is the big thing. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah and uh, 
Jesse asks, how can I, wait, did you already answer that? I'm sorry, you did answer that. How do you make your guests feel comfortable? Jeez. You did I answer just, that? You, you kind of just answered that in, in a way, like, you know, just treating, like making sure they're treated like they're a human. And that's the yeah. best way you're going to make them feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know if this kind of plays into it, but, you know, if you get to that point where they feel comfortable and they feel like they're ever in conversation with you, what might happen is they might even end up turning the tables on you and asking you questions. And when that happens, I think that's actually a compliment because that means they actually are like, okay, I want to hear what you say. I mean, sometimes it might be that they're like, okay, you want to hear how this sounds to be asked a question, but usually it'll be just like this natural conversation. And I do have a clip for that one too, but that this happened, okay. this is a different interview. This is Roman and Tyler who, if you haven't seen this documentary and you're, especially if you're a Nightmare on Elm Street fan, please go watch the documentary Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street, which is all about the second Nightmare on Elm Street. And they both directed this film and they're, once again, I, I just get really lucky because they are amazing guys. Um, but this is clip number seven. All right. What kind of horror do you like? Um, well, I I like slashers, but I also like I like um, psychological horror as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I one of my favorite horror films is the movie May. I don't know. If yes, yes. I just I love that movie because it's so much. A, it's also a character study, so I like those as well, where you're following a character and getting to know them, and it gets creepier and scarier as it goes. And it kind of questions your, you're kind of questioning yourself too, because you feel for her in a lot of respects. Mm-hmm. Yet what she ends up doing is not okay, but you end up feeling for her as well. Right. So you, like you, those. you yeah. empathize with her. She's mm-hmm. very sim- sympathetic, very much like a Carrie White, where you're like on her side yeah. and you want mm-hmm. everyone else to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely exactly. team Carrie, team May. Um, I just watch, it's not a horror movie, but it feels like a horror movie. I care a lot with Rosamund oh, yeah. Pike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I w- aggravated the entire movie. Like they can't do this, can they? Just <laughs> it gave me so much tension and anxiety, and that ending did not do anything to relieve that. I was just angry the whole time. <laughs> yeah, so that was just it was just a nice thing because they were just like, yeah, let's just have you answer the same because I had just asked them that same question, and so. It just, to me, it was a compliment. So, yeah. not to other great things. Oh, no. Pixie's oh. disappearing. Oh, no. Sorry. I can see uh, Am I back? Yes, uh, you're good. My, my, uh, my mic was muted. I feel like it's a oh. listening skill when somebody asks you the same question. Back, that means they're really engaged. They're really paying attention. Mm-hmm. They care about the subject matter. I mean, that's, that's the sign of being a better host. You know, that's the sign of somebody like, actually caring to be there they're not looking at their watch they're not playing yeah. with their phone they're do they're they're engaged with you in this conversation yeah totally because that's what it will make you feel like too is like oh okay we're actually having a conversation i'm not just interviewing people that are going oh my gosh when can i get out of here and checking their watch constantly and you know being like okay i've only got five more minutes and then you know i'm heading to some other place can we just wrap this up a little bit or they're looking away from you that kind of thing so yeah so that i'm sorry guys yeah. I, I keep i keep looking away <laughs> like I, you're I, looking I swear away to god i am engaged right now <laughs> oh my goodness 
that's funny. <laughs> Don't do what Josh is doing when you're interviewing somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm just trying to pay attention to all the comments so we get all the questions in that that we need to that I need to relay to you guys. That's all. I'm, that's all I'm doing. I, I swear <laughs> to God. No, I figured, I figured that much, but yeah, yeah. And that's why it's important for you to listen too. Cause if you don't listen, you're going to like miss so many things and you're going to miss so many opportunities to ask questions that you didn't, cause I outline questions too. I didn't say that in the beginning, but I do an outline of questions and I actually, and this is to help the guest feel okay. I send them the outline. If it's somebody, because mm. I, the reason I send that is because I don't want someone to feel like I'm going to get them with a gotcha question. I do stress that there could be other questions that come up from their answers, but that's a big thing that I do. Do you do that at all, Pixie? <laughs> I don't do that. We like to have that visceral reaction because we yeah. talk to a lot of like interesting like strippers and, and individuals. We... We constantly have people on the show that are, well, they're not your typical guests that you would have on. And so sometimes it's real fun to just just throw out questions for them because they're either going to answer them. or we We tell them in the beginning, if you don't want to answer the question, just kind of be like, oh, it's not really my thing or, you know, kind of move the question along and we'll just come out with, with them something else. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it I think is it depends. What it, is. Yeah. it depends. Yeah. I mean, on when I do regular panels, I do outlines as well. But those I'm not like out. I'm outlining like the next topic that we're going to cover with that or the next subject, just so that people can be prepared for what they need to research and what they need to be prepared for. So they're not just flying blind necessarily. But there'll always be things that come up and you just kind of just throw them at people and right. and. I think that's key. Yeah. Well, but the difference between like Pixie's guests and and your guests, Pixie's again, she's on a different spectrum. Like, like you're interviewing people that are <laughs> all about that kind of, you know, um, spontaneous stuff, and they're okay with answering those kind of questions a lot of times. Where with a lot of Aaron's guests, like you have to sometimes be careful. So, so you knowing your guest and doing that research to to know that okay, I could ask them this question and it's probably going to be okay. I do that sometimes too with some of my guests that I know aren't going to care about things. I'll go and just with like maybe three questions that I really want to ask, but then it's just mainly a conversation and questions come up as they, as they come up. And sometimes they're raunchy. Sometimes they're, they're not very good, but, but it, you know, it's sometimes it's, that's a good way to do it. Cause you, cause you get a little more of a human aspect of a conversation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Yeah, totally. Sometimes, and, you know, like, go ahead, Pixie. Yep. Sorry. So, no, sometimes, ahead. well, our our podcast is more like a a bar conversation. So you're listening to two good friends have a discussion, and there just happens to be another individual that's entering the conversation. So it it's more like you're listening in to friends. You're having you're having like drinks. You're sitting down, relaxing, and there, there's your buddies that you haven't talked to in a in a hot mm -hmm. minute, and it's a Friday night, so it yeah. it can be really. It's good to have it scripted. Uh, for us, it's we're just kind of cats on acid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that cats on acid. That's awesome. <laughs> when 
one of our it was one of our um taglines for one of the podcast episodes <laughs> i love that that is so awesome yeah yeah and and you know it can backfire i will share an experience uh one person that i did interview because most people that i interview i share the questions and I always get amazing feedback, like, those are great questions, what wonderful questions. And then they get even more excited to come on. But I did have one guest, and I later found out why he was sort of doing this, but it was really aggravating because I shared the questions with him. And then he redid a whole outline and said, this is kind of how we should do this and this, this. And he did, had never been, he didn't, he'd been on one podcast maybe once, never did. And, and I was very tempted, if he wasn't a friend of one of my friends, I was very tempted to be like, okay, I'm not, you're not on anymore. <laughs> Because I was kind of doing a favor. But what it turned out to be, I think, was after we were done with the interview, he was like, was I okay? Was I okay? I think it was just he was so nervous that he felt like he yeah. had to have some kind of control there. Um, but it was hard not to be like, stop mansplaining this to me because that's what it felt like. <laughs> I know I've been doing this for a while. I I get good feedback. I'm confident in this part. So I don't know, but, but it was an interesting experience because <laughs> that's the only time that's ever happened to me though. But it's like, do you think this is a radio show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause you should have seen all also, the, the, the it was horrible. Oh man. Also don't be afraid to, if an episode doesn't go the way of you or your host, uh, or your guest, feel free to reserve the right not to publish that. Feel free as as a host if if it doesn't flow right or if it doesn't feel right and if it's not within your content, feel free not to post that. If you're posting subpar work on your podcast, you're going to feel like, oh, I didn't do a very good job. Uh, feel free to, if you don't have to, you don't have to post everything. You can just tell them, hey, look, um, I love the interview with you. We did really well. Uh, I, I'm not going to post this, but give them a copy of it. Let them know that you're not going to post it. Don't just be like, oh, it's, it's coming up, <laughs> but I don't know when. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. There have been a few. I've had a few of those, too, and I've done the same thing. Like, hey, man, this just didn't go the best. Um, a lot of times it's because of booze. Um, but I, I'll, you know, mention this isn't maybe someday down the road, I'll, I'll do a Patreon and, and you can, you know, people that subscribe to the Patreon can go see some of the, the crap episodes that were made back in the day and get an insight on. Don't call it you know, crap. The, okay. I'm sorry. Don't, I'm sorry. Don't do right. that. Don't do that. Don't do not. The, the, the less like less um, <laughs> listenable episodes. How about that? How about that? <laughs> better, better, better. I, I love that look on Pixie's face. She's like, uh, uh. <laughs> waiting for it, waiting for you to backtrack. Come on. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is that don't don't put don't put your guest in a negative light, and don't put yourself in a negative light. You always yeah. want to talk positive about the projects that you're doing, whether it didn't meet your standards or not. Just be like, that was a good interview. Thank you for joining mm -hmm. us. Um, say you, It's okay to tell them that this content is special and it deserves to be behind a paywall. You can tell them that. You can let your guests know that some things don't 
all go onto the onto the podcast. Just mm-hmm. just don't be mean because if you if you're mean to the people and other people see that, it can backfire really quickly on you. Oh yeah, for sure. That's uh, yeah. That's a very 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 good point there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you say something is like good enough to be behind a paywall, honestly, your interview guest is going to be like, "Ooh, they're going to really oh, like yeah. that." <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, That's they, gonna they, feel their head's just going to grow in size. Yeah. They're going to be like, "Oh, I'm behind a paywall." Thanks. Hopefully, it doesn't go yeah. the other direction, and they're yeah. like, um, "I'm going to want some of that money that you make on that paywall." <laughs> Which I didn't put this up, but I should have. Big thing that I do on is if I'm having a guest on, I don't do this with my panelists necessarily, but when I'm having a guest on, I have a guest release form for legality reasons. Because honestly, if you don't have one of those, they could come back later and say, uh-uh, you're not putting my stuff on your show anymore. I don't agree with your show. Don't like you. Take it off. Take all that content off. And it also, you know, I put in there, I'm not paying you to be on everything you record with me. That's my stuff. You can't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. And you also put in there, you know, you are also certifying that anything you're sharing with me, if they end up sharing like clips or anything like that, that you have a right to those. And it's okay for you to share that. Like we do cover art that Carla does that for us. And I'll ask if there's anything they want on the cover art. And so they're ensuring that it's okay that I put that on there. So that's another big, big, big thing I would put out there is if you're going to have any kind of guest that's not in your sphere of friends, make sure to do that to cover your butt. So. That's, a, that's a really good yeah. point. It's it's a it's one of those small things that people don't ever really think about until you get hit with something like and you're like, oh, crap, maybe I should have <laughs> yeah. made a release form. <laughs> um, Even if they're see, your Jessie friends, asked, oh, get sorry. get a release form. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a good point, too. Because friends are the ones that are more fickle than anything. I can get people a- across the pond to listen to my podcast, but I can't get my friends that I know in person to listen to my podcast. Go ahead, Josh. Right. No, uh, Jesse just had a question. Aaron, do you, you, do you maybe have a template for a guest release we could share? Yes, I will. I'm making a note now to send that. Um, cause I know I was supposed to send that to Josh. I apologize. I was going on vacation. Uh, but okay. yes, I will send that template over and then you can feel free to share that. So cool. Maybe we can make it downloadable on the TMA PodCon website. Yeah. Yeah. And I have yet to have anyone like, you know, be like, Ooh, I'm not signing that because usually the people anyway, when you're sending this to they're that you're sending this to, usually they might they might already be used to getting forms like this all the time. So to right. them, it's just kind of normal business. And it also makes you look more professional. Right. So <laughs> I think, I don't know. <laughs> it's not something I did from the beginning though. This was something that I kind of discovered later on. So yeah. That would be, good. I think good it's point. great. I think good it point, helps sure. with the, I think it helps with the back out, you know, if they see the contract, they're signed into it. Now you got to hold their feet to the fire. Um, and just like in any industry, you're going to get a lot of no's or you're going to get a lot of cancellations. This could be one of those things that really, Hey, you're on my, you're going to be on my podcast. You know, this is, this is important. This is, this is a real thing that you're going to do. And a lot of people will respect the initiative to have somebody sign a contract like that. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing um, that is also good to do sometimes is, you know, another way to make your guest feel comfortable or feel like they're on a good show or even feel like maybe they could recommend you to some of their friends, like be like, hey, you should go and promote your product on this podcast. You know, you should go on to Pixie's podcast or you should do this is sharing your personal reactions to their media. Like if there was something in that in what you saw that spoke to you or that you appreciated or made you even emotional. I mean, that that can be good, too. Um, I have two clips where we don't have to play both of them if you don't want to, but it's five and six. I believe these are both from uh, Roman and Tyler. All right, we'll start with five. Here we go. Yeah, that was I, – I was crying during a lot of that. That was just uh -huh. so powerful and so amazing. <laughs> well, that was a four-second clip. I feel like we could do both. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that one was really <laughs> short. but. <laughs> and here's clip six. Yeah, they yeah, they were. They were when I was growing up, it was like my favorite series was the nightmare series. And I was telling someone the other day, I even had a dream when I was young that I was going on a date with Freddy Krueger. I <laughs> yeah. Oh, like dream date Freddy from Dream Warriors when he comes yeah. in with a tuxedo? Where do you yeah. keep the bourbon? <laughs> but I was actually scared to go on the date and I was telling my mom, but he kills people. And she's like, oh, it's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> He's so rich. He's on yeah. every movie. <laughs> so just little things like those. Like just, you know, even if it's not necessarily something that is completely related, but something that will make them feel like you actually did watch what you're talking about. <laughs> and you actually do care about what you're talking about and you care about them. That's the big thing. So. Yeah, I think a lot of that <clears throat> kind of differentiates from if you did actually watch it or if you just read a, an IMDb page yes. or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So again, that authenticity, people can tell when you're just making stuff up. So you want to mm -hmm. make sure that you're very authentic and when you're talking to other people and stuff. People yeah. do resonate with a podcast host that that's willing to show like the the skeletons in the closet that it's willing to give something a little bit personal about themselves when they're telling a story where it's not just a regular story that they're listening to. So, you know, if you can leave in, I was going to date Freddy Krueger in my, in my nightmares and mom's okay with it. What kind of, what kind of mom do you have? I love her. I love her. <laughs> I like it's fine. Hey, he sounds like a nice boy. He's, He's good. He's good. Yeah. It's okay. I love it. Go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> He's in movies? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. He's famous. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. You could do him. worse. Yeah. You could do worse. You could do worse. <laughs> <laughs> It'd probably be an error with like if you had grandkids or something. You know, good kids. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's yeah, lonely. I, uh... You're lonely. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's lonely. You're lonely. Oh man, yeah, I I do like that though. Being being more personable with people, and um, I the one fun interview, one big interview that we had was with Adam Baldwin from Firefly, and we were fresh off watching that whole show. We actually hadn't even finished the series yet before we talked to him, and um, I I think that. I mean, he emailed us afterwards saying he had a good time, which was really cool. And, you know, I think that just came through with like, I, I was very excited to 
talked to I've been watching this dude for the last three months and I want I had there were some things that I had to know and being able to kind of pull from feelings that I was having from watching that show was was really really fun and I I, I think he could tell that, <laughs> that we were also very passionate about what we were talking about so so if you're you know authentic and and no matter who it is no matter who you're talking to it could be you know that local band that has 40 followers it could be a celebrity that you know is on tons of movies but as long as they know that you're authentic they're gonna have a good time and they're gonna most likely i can't say a celebrity would but a lot of times they might recommend you to mm -hmm. other people or something like that or they'll promote, you know, the interview. They'll, I mean, yep. they'll follow you back on social media, which is a big compliment. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if, if you have that, or like I said, they'll return and be on a panel where it's not about them. Um, you know, I mean, you give them a chance to promote themselves, of course, but that's a huge thing. So if you can be more personable and, you know, like you said, like everyone's been saying, authentic. You know, yeah. like you really yeah. actually care. That's why I would say try and interview people that you actually care to interview. That's the other thing. Don't interview people that you don't like <laughs> or that you don't want to interview just because you feel like you have to. I mean, I know that happens to people who do it professionally. I'm sure if you get to that point where you're doing it professionally, then yes, you're going to have to do that. But I mean, do you agree with that, Pixie? Oh, I completely agree. Not every guest is going to be perfect for your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> don't just throw the kitchen sink in your podcast because hey I want to come in and I want to promote my podcast on your show Aaron my podcast wouldn't fit on your show there's no it, there's not really a tie-in from one to the other you know unless somebody had a personal story or they've done something that fits on that try not to put everything you can into your podcast make it so that everybody that's listening to your podcast they're on board with everybody that you interview they're they're like oh i've got to see this because it fits in with this um we we don't interview anybody who hasn't been in a strip club so it's kind of one of those things i i got asked by by somebody yesterday early on Twitter, like, I want to be on your podcast. I was all like, you know that I have a stripper podcast, right? And he's all like, oh, my goodness, I thought you had a horror podcast. I was all like, no, but um, <laughs> so so instead of letting that, that story go, instead of letting this person who has 25K followers, instead of letting this director of a horror movie, like, slip out of my fingers, I can still interview people. I just can't interview him on my podcast. So instead, I'm turning it into a an ask me anything on Twitter space. So oh, awesome. I've got I've got a movie producer that I've I barely I barely know that's producing a brand new movie and I'm like, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> just yeah. because I have a podcast and they reached out to me. <laughs> so sometimes you kind of got to grab it where it goes. And even if you just do the interview and you save it for later, you can make another podcast that, that deals with the other things. Like if I had a podcast that happened to deal with horror, then maybe me and Aaron could do a collaboration. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. So we're we're getting a little short on time here. Um, the segment's about to to be wrapping up. We'll get over to that Q and A segment. Are there any final things that you wanted to bring up before we uh, moved on? The big thing I want to bring up is um, self doubt. Like I said in the beginning, you're going to have self doubt. It can plague you. I do this thing where, and I'm not, and these aren't. The, I brought a clip for this, but these aren't. This isn't part of the clip because it's because pers- those are personal. But I actually kind of clip and have in my own personal files stuff that people have said to me after the interview is over, so that if I end up having self doubt later on, I play that and I'm like, okay, reminder. This person who didn't know you, because I, for some reason, it means more when it's someone who doesn't know you, you know, this person that doesn't know you at all, this is the first time they've really met you, is giving you a compliment, then, you know, I don't know, save those. But also, you can save the ones that have aired. Um, So, yeah. So, and then also, don't be afraid to invite a guest back on if you had good rapport. Um, Like I said, Josh came back on. Um, Roman and Tyler, they're probably going to be part of our horror trivia event and they're going to be on a panel probably coming up soon. So don't be afraid to do that later. If you feel you have a good enough rapport, once again, worst thing they can do is say no. So, yeah, but I do have a clip just quickly with just the positive feedback of eight. And then this is an example of something you might want to save or. And this is clip eight, you said? Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Josh. This has been, I could talk to you for hours. You, it's just been Same. great talking with you. So, Same. yeah. Thank yeah. you. If you ever wonderful wanna, questions. Thank you very much. Thank you. If you ever want to come on and be on one of our panels, you're more than welcome to be a guest Anytime. on one of our panels. I do think this documentary will have an impact on people um, for future generations to come. So I do want to say that. So thank you. Wow, very thank much. you so much. This conversation was wonderful. I really appreciate oh, it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate having you on. So yeah, those just are, those little things. Those, those are great. <laughs> like I love that idea of especially like I I suffer from like anxiety and depression sometimes and doing this kind of stuff definitely can trigger some things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good idea for for people that might struggle with that to to save compliments and stuff you know like not everyone gets the opportunity to record those compliments you know (laughs) sometimes you have to put it in the mental mental uh storage box but you know that's that's a great idea i like that for sure um any is was there any other any other things we needed to cover pixie well we haven't covered imposter syndrome um a little thing that A lot of people, they get they get so caught up, they heard their favorite person, they want to be just like this person, and then they go in and try and emulate somebody else's podcast. You know, mm. instead of doing that, um, try not to play any podcast before you go and record. The day of, the, the day of recording, do not post do not listen do not subscribe just just turn everybody off and just let your own head work through what you want to say and say it in your own words because people are going to resonate with real like we said Aaron has Josh has I have to be a better host you want to be able to give people real raw 
you can give it to it in like errands where she's nice and clean and she has everything in order. You can be like me, where it's off the cuff and it's fun and it's friendly, you know. And you can have so many different ways of having your podcast where we that's what we do. We get together, we talk about things, and that's what's going to make you a better podcast host. That's all. Yep. <laughs> I yep. totally, totally agree. Um Gosh, I, I do a lot of like review shows on TV and stuff, and it's so hard for me to not watch YouTube videos of like Easter eggs and things. But one of my one of my favorite things about doing podcasts is being right. And so like especially in a prediction show when we're doing predictions, if I you know, if I don't listen to anything, then these are my own predictions. And I can actually go into those shows with solace knowing that, you know, that that was my idea. That was what I intended it to be. So I, that's that's a really good point. Try and try and be yourself mm-hmm. is, is basically what we're saying. Yep. <laughs> so, oh, um, yeah. Well, excellent. I thank you guys so much for, for doing this segment. Um, we are going to wrap this up and then we're all going to head over to the Q&A panel um, where Jesse and I believe Sean is going to be able to meet us over there. So all of the hosts from today's PodCon are going to be hanging out, just doing a bit of a roundtable chatting with people. Um once again, if you're watching live, uh, make sure to comment on the video or retweet with a question so you can be entered to win into the spinny wheel. Um, picking wheel. <laughs> to, to, win a, to win a PodCon gift box. Um, otherwise, we're going to see you here in about eight minutes in the Q&A. So thank you guys all again for joining us. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Pixie. Um, this thank has you. been a wonderful learning experience. Um, and I'm PodCon 21. This is the Q&A segment where all of the hosts from the day, me, Sean, Aaron, Jesse, and Pixie, were all in the same room to have a bit of a roundtable about all the happenings for PodCon um, and to answer any other questions that uh, you, the listeners, the viewers, might have. Don't forget, um, if you comment on this video or you retweet on Twitter with a question, um, or I would even... I would even take a funny meme um, with a retweet. Uh, I will enter you into the uh, drawing for the TMA PodCon gift box. We're going to be spinning that wheel at the end of this segment to figure out who the winner is. So don't forget to get on that. Um, I do want to just say again, thank you, Sean. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Jesse. And thank you, Pixie, for joining me on this endeavor. Um, this has been an amazing time. Um, I, I, it's been great. Um, so thank you again for, for making this so special. I, 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 I want to just do this every six months now, <laughs> all the time, because it's been amazing. I always, I always loved booking shows back in the day for bands and stuff. And this is kind of the same thing, kind of along those realms. So it's, it's really, uh, it's really, uh, 
given me a purpose this week. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> I gotta say you. for me too, it's like, I, I've, I know Sean, I know Pixie, I know Aaron. I've been parts of their part of their shows. They've been part of our shows. Uh, but I have definitely learned today. Uh, there, there are things that I kind of didn't consider that probably went into the production of your shows and hearing, you know, all the effort and the detail that goes into it. It's not that it surprises me because I mean, as, as indie hosts, we all know it's, it's effort and it's detail, but just to hear the way that the rest of you streamline some of those pieces of that is is really helpful for me. Um, and I was hoping to that point, we might be able to just go really quickly, maybe one or two per host. Uh, what is an app that you feel is uh, ideally a free app that you feel is <laughs> indispensable to your workflow as an indie podcaster? And um, I'll go ahead <clears throat> and get the ball rolling with that. Um, if you don't have this already, I don't know what you're doing, but go get Canva. Canva should be available on uh, Android or Apple, or I, I think there's probably some tertiary phone brand, but I don't know about that one. So uh, go get Canva. It's basically a free version, a free drag and drop version of kind of a combination of Photoshop and Illustrator, and um, it'll let you edit videos. You can add graphics, motion graphics to things, soundtracks to things. Um, in the world of making 15 to 30 second promos for your show to put up on your social media, uh, headliner is great. You know, it, it's cool. It gives you the waveform audio. You get the captions. Um, but so do 3.5 million other podcasters. And that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that people are used to seeing that. And when they're scrolling through their feed, they're used to seeing a headliner ad. So why don't you take something uh, like your cover art and animate it? Put an animated little you know, piece on top of it and add your own waveform that doesn't really go with your audio, but it looks super cool and it matches your brand colors, you know, stuff like that. That's a great spot to do that. Canva is really easy to use. Um, I do want to stress again, we don't have any sponsorships. All the money that we make as indie podcasters comes from our listeners. We're not here to sell you on anything. And again, Canva is a free app. So even if they were sponsoring us, we wouldn't get anything out of it. So, um, for me personally, the other one is um, definitely you're going to want to have a good notes app of some kind that you like the feel of. Definitely get that and get it organized. Um, I, I'm not going to give you a specific one because there are so many out there that it really is tailored to what you like to do when you take notes. Um, but the last one for me that I found for Android, I don't know about Apple, um, is a video editing app and it's called VN Video Editor. We will put links to all of these in the show notes and uh, it, it works like Photoshop, but for videos. I can put titles on things, I can change the background music, I can color key the video. So if, if I get something, like I go get a free uh, high definition stock video from say pixabay.com, which has free subscriptions that you should go get because there's free stuff there. I can you know get a video that looks really cool, but doesn't really match my branding. That's fine, I can just go change the color key to make it you know, black and white or orange and red or whatever it is I need it to be. Then I can put a, like a little icon in there and I can do the keyframing on it. So instead of having a seeker bar, a couple of our Firefly episodes have a little thief walking across the screen 
to indicate how much of the clip is left or like a big dumb brain with drooly face instead of, you know, a seeker bar. Like there are little things you can do to differentiate your show from the 3 million shows that are out there. And again, you don't have to do that, but why would you not? If you want people to listen, differentiate yourself. So just to really quick recap for me, that would be go get Canva, get a notes app that you like. And if you're on Android, check out the VN video editor app. I don't know anything about security or app, quality or anything like that but they work for me just fine and i haven't had any issues um josh what are a couple of apps that you use for your workflow um for so you, on the topic of notes a notes app i literally just use the notes app on my iphone um and that goes up to my my cloud and all that stuff and i can access that on my pc and stuff like that so notes is, is really good um I'm always writing different things in there like throughout the day so um <clears throat> one big thing that that I use a lot. I run a lot of different shows. Um, I've been planning PodCon for months. I have, you know, a Marvel show on Wednesdays every other Wednesday. I have, you know, uh, TMA interviews every Thursday. I have SBI on Fridays. And sometimes I do best flicks with Ricky D on Sundays. So I actually have um, a Google Sheets app because I make my own schedules in an Excel document and then I am able to check those every single day to know, okay, this is what I got to do. I've actually started um, putting things like ads released this day, you know, headliner ad this yep. day for this show. Um, content you know, scheduling. It, exactly. The content scheduling as well. I have alarms on my phone to remind me to post on Twitter. <laughs> so freaking bad at it. And we all have day jobs where we work eight to 10 hours a day. Yep. So, um, that is really helpful to me to have a schedule that tells me what I need to do that day. And then alarm set to also remind me to post those things because if you don't have a presence, nobody's going to be drawn to it. So, yeah. You know, and that's actually a really great that. point because a lot of people have experience with a, some kind of spreadsheet app. I'm not going to name them cause I don't want to give anybody like an emotional trauma trigger. But a lot of people probably have experience with those through their job, right? If you're an indie podcaster, you probably have a day job and probably some part of your day job you've run into spreadsheets. And if you haven't, I, I'm, I'm jealous. And where do you work? Um, uh, let's go to... All I do all day is sell spreadsheets. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to say it. My bad. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. I don't think people have ever heard of that um, application. <laughs> Um, let's move to uh, Sean next. Sean, what are a couple of apps that you find indispensable to your workflow? Uh, honestly, I don't use a lot of apps on my phone. I do so much of it on my computer. Um, you, you've already mentioned you know, the headliner app. I use that, of course. But everything I do is, is on my computer, and that's uh, I live in Google Drive. Everything I do is through Google Drive. Yes. I do yeah. my script. Uh, slash notes is all through Google, uh, Google Sheets. Um, I have a, a, a Google Word. Yep. And then I do Google Sheet for you know, the listing of the episodes and where I keep all of our information, like who's the guest, what movie we're doing, what the, what the movie ranking is, and all of the many decimal points. So, yeah, Google is, is, is my friend. And I have seen... Um, I don't know if it was touched on again, having not had internet, but for recently, <laughs> um, I don't know if it was touched on about like websites, like if a podcast has a website or doesn't have a website and, and our show, we've been going for seven plus years and we've had three iterations of websites 
or for anyway uh, but i do know that google offers basically google sites as a thing yep. and i know that some webs some podcasts use google because it's free yep and it doesn't look bad so there's an option there too so yeah google yeah that's all I use. and that drive functionality i think for the free version of that you get up to like 15 gig 10 or 15 gigs i think on the free version um, 99 cents gives you like 100 gigs. Yeah, because I, I pay yeah, for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And yeah. we, so another thing that you can do if you have, like, let's say you have a bunch of friends that are indie podcasters, or let's say you make a bunch of friends that are indie podcasters. And for whatever reason, you guys think, you know, what, let's band together. Let's all support each other. Let's be part of a podcast network. Let's build our own podcast network. Part of what we do here at Twist My Arm is everybody pitches in for those expenses that nobody wants to pay out of pocket just to host a show right so we go through a host that has a flat fee for as many shows as you want and everybody pitches in now it's not twenty dollars per person per month to host your show it's like four dollars per person per month to host your show then everybody can still pay twenty dollars but we can put that other sixteen dollars into merchandise or advertising or getting new equipment you know that kind of thing we can all help support each other in that way um and yeah sean to your point that whole google ecosystem i think is mostly free like there's a probably Mm -hmm. a paid version of most of Mm -hmm. them but yeah and the the um ease of use between collaborators is super big with that I can put my vocal track that I guessed it on Sean's show for into my drive and send him the link and boom, he's got it. He doesn't have to have a copy or anything like that. Uh, let's go to Aaron next. Aaron, what are a couple of apps that you find indispensable to your workflow? Well, I'm going to echo what everyone said about Google uh, because that's where I do like all my outlines through Google Docs. And also the reason I love it is, and the reason I love Google Drive is because you can share it with people. I've been using it longer than I've been doing a podcast, though, because I work remotely. So it that's how I learned it. But, you know, I use Google Sheets. I have the schedule on there. I have stuff for my own personal use. And then I have stuff for, like, I have a group of panelists, and they get to sign up on episodes they want to be on. And then I get to keep track of that. They get to see what's going on. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I think that's indispensable. I think that should be number one is to use Google because it's just so easy, especially if you're doing a lot of stuff where you're working with other people and they're remote and they're not sitting there right next to you. And it's easier than saving a document, sending it, they make changes, they send it back, that kind of, uh, that gets old. So that one, uh, I echo Canva. I think Canva is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they're great. Um, And then this is something that doesn't really necessarily help with workflow, but I think it's fun if you ever do live streams. We have a bingo card. And you can go to myfreebingocards.com and create it there and then share that. And that's a good way to get your fans to interact with you when you're doing that is a very very good point we had a fan uh, create a bingo card for i believe season one of sudden but inevitable and it really ups your fan engagement because to, to for a fan to build that they have to know what your show is all about they have to know about the dynamic between you and your co-hosts they have to know who's going to react certain ways to what things like uh we had um because our show is live 
we've had uh, squares like uh, somebody loses connection and drops out of the stream. Um, Josh cries. Uh, Jesse cries. Uh, Jesse, Jesse makes fun of Josh for crying. Jesse brings up Star Trek. Josh brings up Star Wars. Like, it's, it's just this huge engagement tool for the fans because they can go, I know you. I can play along with you. I personally can speak from experience playing podcast bingo while you listen to the latest episode of your favorite podcast is like one of the most enjoyably geeky like unabashedly passionate things you can do and when you tell a podcast host that you're playing along with their bingo card to their latest episode trust me it fills their heart to capacity it's it's one of the sweetest things um Pixie, do you have any apps outside of the ones that are mentioned that you find absolutely vital to your workflow? Well, I don't know if anybody's using it, but I'm using GoodPod to hmm. really, it's kind of like the social media network for podcasters. You can create a group, you can add people, you can rate other people's podcasts, you can do your, your own podcast. They just added a tip jar in case you were looking for maybe another way to supplement your podcast. So I think it's a, it's one of those resources that if you're looking for sort of a Facebook-like uh, app for your podcast, it's pretty nice to be able to hook up with friends and family and send them your, your podcast directly on the site. So I really enjoy GoodPods. I've just started using GoodPods <clears throat> recently. Um, I haven't d like dove into it too much, but I do really like the concept of it. The, you know, it's like a, it's like a social There's share. two that you need to be in. Okay. There's two groups. You need to be in the Pod Nation group, huge group, and you need in the, to be in the Podcast Pod Fathers group because he is doing some amazing shares. You know, we've got such a big community going on that just having a resource like Good Pods can really help a podcast out. I'm going to like those right now. Pod Nation and Podfather, right? And that's to to Pixie's point and kinda of to the point of this whole day for us here at Twist My Arm, a huge, huge, indispensable, invaluable free resource of ideas for how to make your indie podcast better is the indie podcast community the way that we that i started sudden but inevitable was i'm going to do a month of research on how to make a successful podcast before we even hit record on the first episode because i would really hate to put in all this effort and then get nothing back for it i could still do it because i love it but it would kind of hurt you know so i'm going to do a bunch of this research and that goes back to what pixie and aaron were talking about in the last segment research and preparation know your topic know what you're talking about that's the kind of thing that applies to every aspect of your life of course but apply it to the whole process of creating your indie podcast do it before you even start recording do it after you're recording. Do it while you're listening back to your edit. Do it while you're designing your latest piece of merch. Do it when you're scheduling content. Just do it. You have to, have to, have to do it. Uh, I think for me, the one of the biggest resources that I found when I was doing my personal research, uh, there is a podcast called uh, Podcraft. And it's hosted by a guy who's actually, I think he's really big now, and he has like his own podcasting network, and his name is The Podcast Host. 
Um, but if you just search your favorite podcast uh, app for PodCraft, it should pop up, and it's just a bunch of how-to episodes. Like, here's how to uh, visualize your listener. Here's how to you know research this kind of a topic. Here's how to decide on a format. That kind of stuff. Pieces that you're gonna want to do before you jump into it. I mean, yeah, you can jump into it, and maybe it will turn out great. But if you take the benefit of the experience of those that have walked this ridiculous path before, you can come out on the other side of that a little cleaner and a little quicker. And I think that's always a big benefit. So reach out to the indie podcast community. If you're on Twitter, do that hashtag thing, indie podcast, Potter and family pod nation. There's definitely a few to follow on there. And Pixie is an excellent resource on Twitter. If you follow Pixie at next on stage one, then you will know that she has been utilizing those Twitter spaces like some kind of Twitter space maven. Like it, it was, it, it's an amazing thing. She holds a, a space for people to come talk about their show, you know, get ideas, get uh, reinforcement, that sort of a thing, learn from experience. Like there are, and to the point of good pods, there are always new apps coming out. There are always new listening uh, avenues. There are always new rating avenues. There are always some way for people to find you that's new. It can be really difficult to keep up with all that stuff so go find yourself a podcast newsletter there are a lot of them find one that's dedicated to podcasters not podcasts and sign up for it 99 percent of them are free at some point they'll go hey if you want a service i'll sell you a service but there's a lot of good free stuff out there especially for indie podcasters um i didn't have any other questions i just remember as you guys were talking i was like i want to be as prepared as aaron I want to know as many details as Sean, and I want to be as smooth at transitioning between topics as Pixie. I don't know that I've gotten to any of those yet, uh, but did you guys have any thoughts that you felt like you didn't get to get out in your segment that we that you really want to cover? Let's start with Aaron this time. No, I think we covered pretty much everything. Um, yeah, I just I'm, once again, I'll just reiterate research, 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 and then research some more. That's the biggest thing. Much, yep. much appreciated Until you're and highly agreed. <laughs> yeah. You, at the end of a season or a topic or an episode, you should not want to look at that for a little while. And that's why mm -hmm. I personally highly recommend seasonal formats with breaks in between. Uh, Sean, <laughs> was there anything from your segment that you felt like the storm may have deprived the audience <laughs> from getting, from getting the benefit of? <laughs> um, no, nothing really. I mean, uh josh alluded we could have i mean i had probably four more kind of bullet points just on <laughs> microphones that we could have gone into but um i won't i won't go any into that um uh, i'll just simply say specifically for editing i think the biggest thing is to is to take notes mm -hmm. as you as you go um you know because like like it'll also help you not just with editing, but kind of creating content for the show, specifically the way that our intro of our show goes. I intro and within the intro music, there are clips from the episode. So you, so as you're listening to the intro, you get the opening clip and then you get some music and then there'll be a five second blurb of when Jesse said the funny thing or the two second thing when Pixie said the funny thing, right? So, so you get these little moments so that when you get in, so you kind of, oh, this is what they're going to say when the show comes. So when you get to that point, they go, oh, yeah. But 
that only works is if I take a note of, hey, as he said, anything, I can make sure I write down when that is, or I put the note in my script uh, in Google. So uh, lots of note taking is, I think, very, very key. I think it just goes to, it's the extension of the preparation and research. Yeah. You know, just, it, it's just the extension of being prepared. 100%. Um, I would like to really quickly point out, uh, before I make one final point about microphones, because, I mean, we're, we're all using them. Um, <laughs> our friend and wonderful collaborator, Roy, the intrepid DM in the chat, has two things. First thing he said, uh, this research stuff, this can apply to streaming as well. Our friend Roy is a tabletop RPG and RPG streamer in general over on Twitch. And uh, being able to improv or ad-lib on the fly is something that research and practice help with as well because curveballs are going to happen, right? So if you have just this ridiculous backlog of knowledge, more than you could ever possibly need, then that one moment where you're going, oh man, I never thought I could possibly need to know this, you can go, well, while that clears itself up, I'll tell you about this cool little backstory, or here's a piece of information that many would consider trivia, but that I feel is deeply integral to this experience. So there, there's a lot of good stuff that research preparation and passion will help you with. The second thing that our friend Roy the Intrepid DM put in the chat says, question for Aaron. Even with all of your research, do you ever still feel not prepared and worry about things that you might have missed? Or how do you correct yourself in the future? I think by that he means how do you avoid that feeling the next time if you end up feeling that during uh, an interview? Yes. I mean, yes, that definitely. <laughs> I mean, I can prepare for even for panels like we just did uh, four episodes covering Ryan Murphy and if I never have to watch Ryan Murphy, <laughs> which I'll still watch Ryan Murphy. But and I prepared a lot. My my psyche was like I've had enough Ryan Murphy to last a lifetime. But even when we were recording, it was still like, oh, wait, why didn't I write that actor's name down? How can I not have written that down or how can I not have written this you know, moment in the showdown. So it still happens with interviews. It happens too, where I'll be like, Oh my gosh, later I'll be like, why didn't I just research that a little bit better? And I could have had a better question for them. So then the way I just correct it, I mean, it, it's kind of simple, just keep researching or researching to the, <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds, I know that's kind of probably a bland, annoying answer there, but it's true. It's just to keep researching, um, make a note, you know, for panels, I have to make a note to myself, you've got to write down actors names because you know, you're going to forget it or have IMDB open. That's a big, another thing I should have mentioned. IMDB is yeah, like Josh. essential. <laughs> have that app on your phone and have it open because you will see things. there, are not just actors, but maybe like trivia, um, something that might make the episode more interesting. So just always have that open. And that yeah. I think will also help you with your future research and your future errors where you're like, okay, I think I've done enough research, but just in case, let me have that IMDB thing open. So, so hope that helped with that question. I, I use IMDB just to help me win arguments with my co-host. So. <laughs> yeah, that too. That, that can help that too. <laughs> so perhaps unsurprisingly, <laughs> perhaps unsurprisingly, Aaron's answer to the question of what if you didn't do enough research was research. do more research i, love it. I know I love like it. that probably is like the hey, bland but but whatever have makes IMDb ready yeah. for you 
Exactly. Whatever makes that dogma stick, you know, I, yeah. if repetition is the key, I think. Yeah, um, I, I could I could further on that, too, because I've had plenty of interviews where afterwards I was like, oh, man, I could have I could have asked this. I could have asked this. Yeah. Um, and with that, like each interview that I've done, I have like I'll write out all my list of questions. I'll do all my research um, and then I'll do some more research and then I'll go over my questions and go over them a lot. And like kind of mm -hmm. I'm I'm a. I'm a planner at heart. I plan a lot. And, and so I like to make sure that things are, are as good yeah. as they can be with as many variables as, as possible notated. And yeah. so, like I said, with some of my interviews nowadays, um, I, I'll ask a, a yes or no question and have a response to either yes or no, because there were times that I would ask questions before where I was like, Oh man, I was really hoping you'd say yes to that. I don't have anything prepared for no. So, so learning from that, I have I have made sure to um, to build off my interviews. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's like in any sort of art form, you you start with something, and you know it might not be what you really love, but then your next thing that you do, you you build off what you learned from the last thing, and and make mm -hmm. sure you just make those those notes to to yeah, notes. be the best you can be later um, yeah and if you were gonna set if you're the kind of person that sets a goal weekly right or you want to have a goal per episode i got that covered for you that is easy your goal per episode be better than the last episode <laughs> even if it's this much i don't care how much it is be better enough for you to notice on the listen yeah. through uh really quickly before we get to the next wonderful question from our wonderful live chat uh sean to the point on microphones everybody has to have a microphone right it's it's to me the the only microphone that you cannot that you should not be using is your webcam mic like that to me if you're recording a podcast with your webcam mic that's a no-no but that's the only hard line that i have if you want to go spend twenty dollars on a usb microphone do it it's better than the webcam and it's better than mm -hmm. nothing if you want to spend fifty dollars on a stage mic grab one also get a pop filter if you want to spend you know if you don't want to spend money on a stand that's fine get a clamp get something that holds it to your desk get a little tiny you know desk stand whatever it is get a mic learn where the sweet spot is and learn to love that sweet spot now direct <laughs> question from the live chat hang in there before we before we answer that direct question i want to add just one last thing to the to the microphone conversation <laughs> certainly just again this will be it i promise so my podcast with the three hosts, I have th this, uh, the EV, uh, the electric voice RE20. Uh, Andrew, that's on the show with us, he uses a, um, I think he has a Yeti that he just has, a USB Yeti, the, you know, blue, everyone knows what that is. But Sam, he uses a, now it's a very expensive uh, headset microphone, but he uses his, it's his um, Xbox headset. And so nice. not every, you know what I'm saying? Like you can use lots of different options and that was what he had. Now we've been doing that for a long time. Um, but, and that, and it works for him and it works for us. And so, and he sounds great. It's a great microphone. Again, it, it's a $200 headset. So it's not <laughs> like it was a, you know, a, a $30 Walmart, you know, thing that you get, but it's still a headset microphone. So anyway, my point is, is that, there's lots of varieties and there's lots of different yeah. 
things that you can do out there. You know, Kylie, so go ahead. Kylie actually used a, a gaming headset for a few episodes of SBI, and and it it worked out really nice. Actually, it was it was pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, and to that point, if you do have somebody on your show that's using a, a microphone that, like, 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 personally, I can't not be emotional about the pieces of our show, right? So if there was somebody on my show using a microphone that I felt was subpar, I would start to hate that microphone. And <laughs> But the other thing I would do is I would get used to it at the editing process, where I would go, oh, okay, this microphone tends to pick up this way instead of this way, like mine, so I just need to apply this filter to it, and I need to apply this EQ to it. Last point on mixing, I don't remember if you guys said it in your segment, it's been a very long day. If you can, in your digital audio workstation, open up your console so that you can see the meters for each track and then play it through a section where everyone is talking and make sure that those tracks are peaking at about the same level all the way through. Doesn't really matter what the level is, you can add a outgoing volume meter to that, but <clears throat> mix with your eyes because if those all look even, then they're going to sound even on whoever's headphones they're on. Even if it sounds weird during the mix, the actual math is what matters so mix with your eyes that's kind of the biggest thing that has helped me in mixing our show all right really we quickly got a few, we got a few questions we here. have a pile of questions here yes so <laughs> question from the live chat for sean how do you help yourself avoid editing burnout hobbies or activities that might help recharge the battery uh, this is a very funny question to ask me specifically because Jesse knows this. I do very <laughs> actual editing on my podcast. Um, not to say that I let someone else do it. Um, I think everyone except Aaron in this room has been on my show. Uh, my show is designed for conversation. It's, it's a conversation back and forth. And so, um, I do very little editing. So, Maybe someone else like Jesse that does hours and hours of editing, maybe he <laughs> should answer this question more specifically. Um, though I will admit, and I'm going to do a small plug, but for our Them's Fighting Nerds episode, Ooh, yeah. I did do a lot of editing on that. That took that took hours and hours of editing. <laughs> yep. um, but I also didn't have a time, uh, like a time, uh, what am I trying to say? A deadline. Right. You know, I mean, we recorded that show with may or early june yeah and i basically had until the first week of august to get that one done because you planned ahead so far that you had <laughs> no pressure on yourself now um to speak to that point yes um when i started editing shows which again was at the start of this year uh took me hours to do every show now every show takes me as about as long as the show is to do because my workflow is such that we record directly into a track that has our theme music already embedded in it and the tracks don't start as recordable until after the theme music is over so i never have to worry about placing that i have <clears throat> a separate track with our audio bumpers that i can move wherever they need to go in that track we have big spaces that we leave in those vocally when we get to the bumpers in the live show so that I can see physically where they are as I'm editing. Um, I use the flags that Josh was talking about to make spots like as we're going through, I'll go put a flag in there like, oh, this is funny. We could use this as an ad. And then instead of exporting my song all as one track, I'll export one minute at a time as they get good. And then as I'm editing the rest of that track, listening to it or watching if you happen to be editing video, I can also be making an ad on my phone that I can put out three days from now, right? So I'm listening to the next chunk of audio for coughs and swears and mic bumps and stuff like that 
while on my phone, I'm putting the funny thing that Josh and Kylie just argued about to a cool free video that I got from Pixabay, color corrected in Canva, and edited the subtitles to with the VN video editor. So my workflow now is about, like I was saying, about as long as an episode. So every Friday night, we do a show. Usually Friday night, as soon as we're done, I go edit that show. And our show is done Saturday morning, and we don't release until Monday. So even though I have a two-day turnaround on my show, I'm very rarely feeling the pressure to get it done with the edit. What I'm more feeling pressure for is I got to make 15 pieces of social media content in the next two days. Now, because I'm done with editing, I can do that over the you know three hours that I have to myself at nighttime or a couple hours I have to myself in the morning. If you're going to be doing this, you're going to have to prioritize your you time. And right now, your you time is going to be dedicated to this. So if, the more multitasking you can get done, the better. Uh, next question. Another question here for Pixie. Yes. Uh, how are you always so positive? And I would like to point out that uh, Intrepid DM is not only talking about here on the show and on live streams, but everywhere on Twitter. Everywhere I've seen Twitter pixie interacting with people it's nothing but positivity so roy says how are you always so positive this mentality could help so many people stay on point so life advice on helping yourself stay positive with future products uh future products and how to remain undefeated would be much appreciated well i've told this to josh and jesse before and people you know i tell it to everybody don't be so hard on yourself it, if it doesn't go your way, just say, oops, and then just kind of walk on through. Um, you don't have to fight everything. You can be smooth like water. You can you can just let certain things go. Um, I'm just I'm just a positive person. Um, but life is already hard. It is. Why should you be more hard on yourself? Because. You may have made a mistake. You may have fumbled and said something wrong. Just pick it up and keep going, you know. Uh, it, uh, that positivity sometimes can burn a lot of people. I, I'm kind of one of those kind of people that is almost too positive. <laughs> so you either like me or you don't. And honestly, that, it's okay. It's okay that, you know, not everybody likes me. <laughs> but just keep your head up. Keep moving forward. Think about your show in a positive way. Think about yourself in a positive way. It's like a leaf on the wind. Exactly. Be smooth like water. You're bringing up some bad feelings, Roy, and I don't like I, it. <laughs> Josh, for those, of, for those of you listening that have not listened to Sudden But Inevitable, we did expose Josh to the movie Serenity, and he had no idea what he was in for. So he still harbors a little bit of resentment, which was sort of the point of the entire podcast. So a little bit, I'm still super bitter about that movie, man. Like, I know. I love it. I was telling you know, people... Like in the middle of our season, I was like, he is going to hate me for this forever. <laughs> I'm no so idea. excited. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, and, and to Roy's point, go ahead, watching Josh. a lot of Alan Tudyk movies just so I can feel better. <laughs> and I'm starting to feel like Alan Tudyk is the next Sean Bean. That dude dies in everything he's in. Yep. Well, most stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff, not everything. Um, but, but to Roy's point and to Pixie's point, um, yes, the flip side of being the most passionate one that there is about your topic or your show or your content 
is that uh, when the support feels like it's not there or you have a bad day or you don't have the mental bandwidth to deal with making content or keeping your audience sated, it can be difficult because you are used to being at 99 with your passion all the time. And uh, I think the easiest way that I have found to help me maintain that positivity is having other friends in the same space. Um, I mean, I, I this is probably cheating, but I follow Pixie on Twitter at Next on Stage One, so I just have direct access to that that font of positivity. So I don't really. There's not a lot of days where I'm like, oh man, there's nothing good going on, because I just go to Twitter and Pixie's like, here's a bunch of really great stuff and smiles, and I'm like, cool. Day, day fixed, problem solved. So if you're not, go follow Pixie on Twitter at Next on Stage One. Um, the next question that we got, Josh, it says it's for both of us. So I'm going to have you Ooh. answer first. Uh, advice to newer podcasters about reaching out to the community for collaborations that could apply to co uh, podcasts or streaming or YouTubing, really anything. Um, that's one of the most difficult things to muster up the courage for. Um, especially as a, as a new podcaster and trying to find guests that you might admire that you want to come on your show. Like, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that listen to next on stage one. They're like, man, I would really love to have Pixie on the show, but I just have no idea how to reach out. And my best advice for that, just do it. Um, but, but make sure that, that they know mm -hmm. that you care about them. You, they, you want to make sure that they know, like we were talking about in the being a better host segment, um, we were talking about doing your research. Here it is again. And and listening to that podcast of the host that you want to be on your show because you you want to have some sort of relation with them, like some, something to relate to, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean, that that's a that's about it. Just do it, man. And like and and go into it with with that confidence of like. You know, they, they could. There's a 50-50 chance here. Um, I'm confident that no matter what's going to happen, I'm going to be okay. They could right. say no. They could say yes. Either way, at least I asked. Yeah. Um, well, what's if that you, What's that saying? You you fail every everything that you don't take a yeah. every whatever, risk yeah. or every yes, yes, thing yeah. that you don't take, you, you fail get, at. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah you every shot that. you don't take, you miss. Yeah. Yes, thank you. So, yes, yeah. And it's and to, to Josh's point, it all goes back to what we were talking about earlier, like preparation, research, authenticity. Because if you are going to every podcast Twitter or every stream Twitter or every collaboration Twitter that you can find, and you just leave the same tweet that's like, hey, would love to do a collab. Hey, would love to do a collab. Hey, would love to do a collab. When somebody clicks on you, they're going to see that you've done that 50 times and go, okay, mm -hmm. then they don't care if we do a collab. They just want somebody on their show to help them build an audience, right? So, but if you go, hey, I've listened to a lot of episodes of your show and I really like the way you do this. I was hoping we could collaborate in a way that was meaningful for my show where we do this, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, it, the support that you will find throughout the community in general is going to be overwhelmingly positive and if you can have you know just if you can reach out and have just one person on your team like one person that you want to succeed with then that is going to greatly amplify the enjoyment that you have and it's going to greatly amplify the uh effectiveness of the content that you create because 
then you're multiplying the passion and the authenticity and the research and the preparation and all that stuff all at one time, right? So if you have at least one other person, I think that's the way to do it. So Roy, to your point directly, I think you, my friend, are in great hands because you're already part of the Twist My Arm podcast network <laughs> and we love having you here and we're helpful all the time. That's our favorite thing to do. Um, I think out of that, uh, oh, Carla from the Bed, Wed, or Behead podcast asks, how do you avoid social media burnout and how many posts do you aim for a week? So let's split that one. Um, Pixie, how do you avoid social media burnout? Because I see you on social media fairly frequently. I'm on social media all the time. <laughs> I don't have to edit my podcast. So I'm one of the lucky few that doesn't have to slave over a keyboard trying to make sure my episode is perfect. So when I get on social media, it's sort of a natural thing for me to be able to, like, tweet out, talk to people. I'm not tweeting so I gain followers. I'm tweeting so I can talk to my friends. So for me to be online, it's more of a, hey, I'm checking on this person. Is this person okay? Oh, that person released a new episode. Let me like and share. And I'm, I'm just trying to help everybody. So to avoid it is just to turn it off. If it's too tough, it's just, just turn it off. Go for a walk. Get some fun. You know, you're not a slave to it. Hopefully not. <laughs> just, just, hey, schedule your post like Jesse. Just, just schedule it out for a week. Come back to it. You're going to get posts. You're going to get likes. And, and as long as your content is rocking and rolling out there people are still gonna pay attention that that you were posting but you really weren't posting so you can use these different apps at your advantage to be able to get through the week especially if it's bad if you're having a mental breakdown burnout take time for yourself 100 percent the the uh key there will be that if if like we were saying before if you're not there for your show nobody else will be so if you're killing yourself trying to make a million posts and keep up with every reply that's going to be a problem for the second half of that question how many posts do you aim for in a week let's go with sean and then let's have aaron answer that as well because i know that you both have uh different content release schedules so i think it would probably be good to get multiple perspectives on that I don't, I don't think I would ever say that I have a goal of how many I want to post. I mean, I guess I want to post at least one that says, hey, we have a new episode. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I started the show in 20, what, gosh, 14. I joined Twitter like five minutes after we started the show. <laughs> I didn't really understand Twitter until about January of this year. And and that's when I really started getting involved in it and started figuring out that, oh, Twitter isn't the toxic wasteland that people kind of <laughs> make, make it out to be. I guess it depends on your who's following you and who you follow. Yeah. For me, it's not. But uh, I'm sure it's probably different for other people. Uh, anyway, uh, so I don't really have a list of I – don't, I, don't, I don't have a goal of how many I try to, to interact with. And I don't really feel – I don't know if I feel burnout. I do get a little bit of the um, of the keeping up with the Joneses kind of vibe mm. sometimes, because, and this is going to sound so weird, but 
Aaron, I don't know where you're physically located, but I know that the other three, you guys are all mountain time. You're in Denver. Me too. So, Me too. okay. <laughs> so you're, I'm the only, I'm the only right coast guy. Yeah. So, so when I, I'm like going to bed and you guys are just chatting, chatting, chatting away. And there's just, there's a couple of times where I'm like, oh, I need to go to bed, but I kind of want to still be involved in what's happening. But this is kind of fun, but it's midnight where I am and I got to go to bed. And so then, and then I wake up in the morning and then I respond. Well, of course you guys aren't going to wake up for three more hours. So There's a little bit of that weirdness happening. So I don't, I don't to answer going back away to answer about, you know, like burnout or whatever. I don't, I don't really know if I get uh, social media burnout, but I do get a little bit of that sometimes where it's like, yeah, I have to keep up with the Joneses or whatever. So yeah. And Aaron, weird. How, how would you say those two things affect you? Uh, well, as far as like how many posts do I aim for? I mean, I'm much more active on Twitter, but I'm very lucky because Instagram actually confuses me. It just always has. I think I'm a little bit better at it now. So I have somebody who she volunteered and she's one of our um, hosts. She actually made our horror pin that's available in the gift bag. And she's an, she's also Aaron and she handles our Instagram. And so that's so awesome because it she knows how Instagram works. So she kind of increased that. She'll have ideas like, you know, her big thing was we definitely need to get clips out at certain times, but not right at the same time as you release the episode. So I kind of mirror that on Twitter. So whatever I put on Twitter, usually we try to get on. Yes, that's the one she created. Um, usually we try cool. and get that on Instagram. But with Twitter, I'm very active. I'm on there all the time. I don't get burned out with it. I try to, for episodes, I try to, I'm trying a new thing now where I release a preview clip the day before and say, look for this episode, drop in tomorrow morning. Um, and then I will tweet about the episode early in the morning and then uh, in the afternoon or late or evening, early evening, I'll tweet out a cl clip. And same thing with Instagram. And then I like to keep track of like if there's something trending that has something to do with what I've released. Like right now, Ryan Murphy is trending like crazy. And I just happen to have been releasing all these Ryan Murphy episodes. And so I kind of like to piggyback on that and be like, oh, so what do you think about this trailer for the new American Crime Story? Have you checked out our episode? And so that's another thing that I try to do with social media. So it's not necessarily that it's this number that I stick to. It's that I'm trying to post something, at least on Twitter, every day, at least right. one thing every day, if not more than that. But you also want to be careful to not be posting like 30 things about your episode in like an hour because <laughs> right. people will just tune you out. So Well, and beyond that, they've got all your content now and they don't need to listen. So... Um, I actually have answers for both of those things. Uh, so my, uh, social media burnout almost never happens. Uh, to me, it's, it's because I really try to practice what I preach with the passion and the authenticity and the engagement and things like that. Um, it's, and I actually enjoy the social media aspect of it. The key is to make them work for you how you like. So I... Uh, use Twitter mostly as like texting friends, like Pixie was saying, like it's a way to just talk to people that I know without a, an immediate requiring an immediate response, right? 
Uh, so I was just looking at my numbers. So I started a Twitter in January for Sudden But Inevitable, and I'm pushing 6,000 tweets, and it is uh, the middle of August. So it's, uh, you know, probably, <clears throat> I don't know what the math on that is because I don't do math. I speak. Um, but I, I do probably 10, 15, 20 tweets a day, right? And it's just, it feels like texts back and forth with friends. So it doesn't feel like much, but it adds up. And it creates a pretty big backlog of me being on Twitter talking about Firefly and Cowboy Bebop and indie podcasting and all that stuff. So if somebody goes and clicks on my profile, it's not going to be, oh, this guy just started talking about Firefly last week and he's not really a podcaster. He's just on a podcast, right? They can see like, oh, he engages with the community in both aspects and it's, it's you know, somebody who's actually here and present and, and doing what they say they're doing. Um, so I don't have a number limit for Twitter and Twitter doesn't burn me out um i do try to make sure that every episode that we put out gets at least two link tweets right so i'll tweet out a link with some shout outs and a cool fancy graphic that changes every week so it's a unique graphic per week to the shout outs of that week so that the people i'm shouting out aren't getting quite the exact same thing that the people last week got they're getting something that's tailored to them and hopefully that gets them to maybe come check out my account or maybe it gets them to go you know what i don't know that guy but he was nice enough to put my name on his thing so next time he puts out an episode i'm going to retweet it that would be great. Um, the Instagram side of things, though, I will echo what Aaron said. It's very confusing. The Instagram algorithm, which you will hear people talk about, is constantly changing. Uh, like mm -hmm. the last time that I was paying a ton of attention to Instagram, I was supposed to be doing stories. And the other day it was like, okay, stories are dead. Now you have to do reels. And I went, I don't know what reels are because I'm 32. So I... I guess I'll either learn what that is or I'll go back to making carousel posts. You know, I, I, I'm not sure. So, um, but I do have goals set for, for Instagram. I, I try to put one piece of content there every day. I change what the hashtags are. And then I look at which of those posts got more likes and views and things like that. Like, oh, if I go anime, I get a lot of views, but not a lot of likes. If I go 90s anime vibes, I get a ton of views and a ton of likes because there are only 40 people looking for that specific thing that day. You know, so switch up your stuff, change up your, your, um, your strategy, but definitely have a goal in mind. I like to, like I said, I do one a day and that sounds like a lot, right? Because that's seven days worth of content every freaking week, but it's not because you know what I do? As we're making our show, the pieces of my show that I can turn into other content get marked and set into my workflow. So we have a segment on Sudden But Inevitable called Shot of the Show, where we talk about our favorite visual moments that impacted us a little bit more than the rest of the moments from that week's episode. We take those screenshots out of the show, I put a little blurb on them, I add the Hulu time code, and I put it on Instagram. Say, hey, if you want to watch along with us, this shot at this exact moment here in particular, we thought was very impactful for the following reasons. Now we have a segment where we share our favorite dialogue, and I'm experimenting with the best way to get that onto Instagram. But between those two segments, there's all my Instagram content for the week. I can make one video ad that looks very cool and matches all my branding put that out share it on twitter and instagram on different days don't put out the same stuff on the same place on the same day put them both there and then on instagram i can put out all this cool visual content that i just made by looking at my own show all week then on twitter i'm just texting with friends and if somebody says hey you know i'm really into cowboy bebop one of the people that i know is going to go you have to listen to my friend's podcast it's this here's the link like it's 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 just about being authentic, honest, passionate, transparent, and accountable. So, I think those three th 
or five or however many words I just said have run very strongly through this whole thing. So if, if you're sitting at home listening or if you're at home watching, I want to, I hope that you're getting some of that out of it. I do have to take one last very quick moment to say hello to our friend Rosie in the live chat. Rosie has been the biggest supporter of Sudden But Inevitable since day one. She has, you know, been there in the live chat for us. She retweets our links. She's gotten us in touch with Brown Co. organizations. Uh, she's been a huge, huge influence on our footprint on social media. Those podcast recommendation threads, you guys, uh, this is a moment of pride for me, and I'm glad you all get to share it. I don't participate in those anymore because Rosie goes and finds those and says, you got to listen to my friend's podcast. It's about Firefly this season. They're doing Cowboy Bebop. Like, I don't don't do those threads anymore because I got to the point where there are more than one person going out for us and saying, hey, if you're actually looking for a good show that you want to care about, here it is. So, Rosie... Hello, we love you. She says, Jesse values his listeners right as I finish pouring out the love. Rosie, we can't tell you how much you mean to us. So thank you so much for being here. You guys, this is an indie podcast convention. Rosie is not an indie podcaster. She's just (laughs) here to say hi and be supportive. How freaking cool is that? And be entered in to win a gift box from PodCon 21. And that will go nicely yeah. with her sudden but inevitable T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, and I did. Um, I have officially given Rosie the title of nicest person on Twitter. I've, I've talked to everyone on Twitter. She is the nicest one. Absolutely. So now that we um, have consensus on that, we are getting close to the hour mark. So yep. I'm going to hand the microphone back to Josh. Josh, what do you have for us, my friend? We have a few more things to go through. First, I, I well. First, we got to do this drawing. Rosie, you came in at the right time because I was just about to close off entries for the wheel. But we got it. I got the wheel all set. It's right here. It's got everyone that entered in into the chat or retweeted or anything like that. We got to hold on. Hold on. Let me check my Twitter because I know I had some retweets. I don't know if you got all of those. <laughs> I got I got a f- I got a few of them. But yes, let, let me know. Do you have blood and black rum on there? Oh, I do not. Thank okay, you. put put See, blood and black rum go. on there, that's, that's and put. Um, I think that, that might be. While I'm editing it. <laughs> Hold on, it's hard for me to run uh, social medias because I am a geriatric millennial, like my friend yeah. Meg of the Bed Wed or Behead podcast. Uh, at <laughs> at Clave Mu is also entered into the drawing. Oh wait, sorry, no, no, no. There's there's not a question. Go ahead. You're good without that one. Wait, do you have Manic Pixie Weirdo podcast on there? I do now. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. This is great. She's delightful. Yes, she is. I, and, you know, a few of them did slip through the cracks. I did, you know, as much as I could to get everyone on here that I could see. No, so you're thank good. you for putting, getting me these guys. Um, yeah, come on, Roy. I'm not going to do that to you. Um, but, yeah, so... While Jesse goes through his thing, let's let's go through plugs real quick. Um, I would like everyone to give the, you know, the most amount of plugs that you want to give, um, because you guys have been incredibly amazing, and I can't thank you enough for helping PodCon Twenty One come to fruition. This is I. We thought I woke up one day. I was texting, Je- you know how you text in bed, you know, and you're like just sitting there, and I'm texting Jesse. I'm like, dude, what if we did a PodCon? And here we are. So, and you, we couldn't have done it without you guys at all. So, I cannot thank you enough for joining. Um, Let's start with Pixie. 
Pixie, give us all of your plugs that you want to give us for any show you want to listen to, any anywhere to get in touch with you, or anything like that. Well, um, the best way to reach me is on Twitter. Uh, my co-host, he's on Facebook. He runs the. He runs the episode, but <laughs> oh my god, I'm part of your guys' show now. Um, I know, right? He, my co-host, Mr. J, he runs the Facebook page for Night on Stage, Stage One. We are an adult nightlife podcast where it's two strippers who talk about everything under that umbrella and even the casting cut sometimes. So it's a lot of fun and it it's one of those long-form discussions where it's just two people just chatting together. Uh, but every Wednesday, if you follow me on Twitter, I want to invite each and every one of you guys that have a podcast or thinking about having a podcast, I run a Twitter space every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, where we do a deep dive on things that podcasters have problems with. So if you want to know how to be a better host, if you want to know, you know, what's the best way to market an adult podcast, if you want to just jump in, talk to a whole bunch of other people, maybe get feedback about your profile. File. Maybe there's maybe there's a better way to use the podcast recommendations. That's what we talk about every Wednesday. So if you if you'd like to join us, everybody is welcome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Aaron. What about you? What kind of plugs you got for everyone? I got a couple. Uh, well, follow me on Twitter. The I'm trying to do like the Vanna White thing. I don't know, but that's not working. Here you go. It's bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, follow me on Twitter. Oh, that's still not working. Anyway, uh, just follow me on Twitter. That's where I'm the most active at Fandom Thing Pod. Um, but my podcast is it's a fandom thing. Like I said, we were just doing Ryan Murphy. Well, not doing Ryan Murphy, but doing Ryan Murphy shows. And mm-hmm. <laughs> we did uh, Nip Tuck, which, uh, yeah, we did Glee and we did American Horror Story and American Crime Story. New seasons of American Horror Story and American Crime Story are coming out really soon here so watch us talk about the earlier seasons i think those episodes are so 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 much fun so i just want to plug those and then i my favorite genre because we cover all sorts of genres on my podcast all primarily from the female perspective but my favorite genre is horror and we are doing a special horror trivia event that's going to be a 10 night event it's all going to be on youtube and we've got great prizes up for grabs and some of the prizes are like there's a store here in Denver called 5280, which is just amazing. It's 80s stuff and yeah. like uh, lots of stickers like these Freddy Krieger stickers, uh-huh. Ghostbusters, too. There's like uh, cards in here and then there's gum, which I'm sure you don't want to eat the gum. That's amazing. But there's gum and other things. So and like Hellraiser, Jaws 3D with 3D glasses. <laughs> so and there's other stuff too, like posters and you know. So if you are interested in that, we are asking for a five dollar donation that will go to a good cause. It's going to go to some great organizations. So, but with that, once you enter, you automatically will get that horror pin that we showed before, and then some goodies like little like uh like a like maybe a Freddy Krieger sticker here or something like that. So you'll get like a goodie bag as well. And it's 10 nights. You don't have to come for every night. 
but points will travel over. We're going to have costume contests. We're going to have cocktails, themed cocktails. We're going to have mocktails. So if you don't drink, <laughs> so it's just going to be a blast. So go to our Twitter page, go, and then you'll see our link tree in there. And it's the very first thing that you can click on. There is the sign up sheet. So yeah. So come join us. Awesome. Sean, what about you? What kind of plugs you got? Uh, nothing that can follow that. Um, <laughs> Cheap Seat Reviews, we're the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. Um, the greater good. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> at Cheap Seat Cast is our Twitter account. Uh, CheapSeatReviews.Libsyn.com. Speaking of, we talked earlier about free. Uh, that's our host. They give me a website for free, and I take advantage of it. So that's CheapSeatReviews.Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Uh, we just uh, this past week reviewed The Suicide Squad with Jesse. We had a good time. It's a lot of fun. Dang. And I'm sad I missed yeah. out on that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, it was fun. We had a good time. And uh, we do a movie every week. And uh, like I said we've been doing this for seven plus years. So we just uh, we're getting ready to have episode 359 next week. Wow. So I'm very very excited. And and back to I think a point that was made earlier about asking for collaborations, like like this again. I've only been on Twitter for what feels like about five minutes, and now I'm on a panel for <laughs> you know like a podcast. You know, like it's just so cool. And it just came down to, hey, you have a Firefly podcast. That's really cool. I want to be on it. How can I be on your show? I mean, that's literally what I sent to Jesse. I was like, I want to be on your show because Firefly is like my second favorite thing of all time. And he's like, okay, well, let's let's work it out. And then, like, since then, you know, a legitimate friendship has developed. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited for, uh, for this and uh, continuing to expand what, what this can be. I can vouch for that 100%. I have had a, nothing but fun the three times that I have been part of the Cheap Seat Reviews cast, one of which was for the Them's Fighting Nerds special, which you should definitely go check out because it was really fun and it's a debate. <laughs> and you know me, I'm a recovering narcissist. I wouldn't just join a debate. <laughs> so um, I think that means recovering. that's... I. I yeah. <laughs> I only say I think, that. I think the phrase is functioning. I, I say that. Functioning to, narcissist. Yeah, I say that to get yeah. people to identify with me. Um, <laughs> so because it's now my turn, see yes, what I yes, did there? Um, yes. You can follow me on Twitter at SuddenButt. You can follow me on Instagram at SuddenButInevitablePodcast. You can find everything Sudden But Inevitable all in one place at twistmyarmpodcast.com slash SBI. You can watch us live every Friday night at 8.30 Mountain Time on YouTube at youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast or twistmyarmpodcast.com slash livestreams. Other than that, just search your favorite podcast app for Sudden But Inevitable. We will pop right up. This season, we're covering Cowboy Bebop. Our first season, we covered Firefly. And season three is already in the works. The last, absolute last thing I'm going to say before I stop talking and return to real life is I would like to thank everyone for joining Josh and I for this little shindig. And I, I would like to thank Josh personally for putting everything together i know that you've been sitting in that chair for what feels probably five hours now your room has got to be hours. just <laughs> unpleasant to be in so thank you so much for going to all the effort and making this all happen and i want to say thank you to everybody who joined us in the live chat for any of these segments and 
anybody who is out there in podcast world listening, I hope, I hope that you got something valuable out of this. And in fact, I know you got something valuable out of this. So thank you for listening. And I can't wait to see how you use it. Let's go make the hell out of our shows. Yes, indeed. All right. Now it is time for the moment that everyone I know has been waiting for. <laughs> um, so while I let this spin, I'll do my plugs. I uh, set this for a good amount of time. Um, again, as Jesse was saying, uh, com is going to be basically where you find anything. Um, you can find us facebook.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Um, find me on Twitter at twistmyarmcast, on Instagram at twistmyarmcast. Um, and really, I just, again, thank everyone for being here. Aaron from It's a Fandom Thing, Pixie from Next on Stage One, Sean from Cheap Seat Reviews, Jesse from Sudden But Inevitable, The Intrepid DM, Carla, Rosie, Sinisera, everyone that was involved in everything today. This has been so much fun. Um, these things are dreams come come true for me basically uh it's it's something that i've loved doing my entire life and i'm glad that you guys could join me with it and and yeah i'm, I'm just so excited to do more so we're gonna get to the end of this thing here and as soon as we figure out this winner um we're gonna send out some some tweets and all that good stuff so here we go here we go who's it gonna be All right. So Valerie C. Um, I oh. don't want to say the full last name. I know is her. Going to be the winner of our first ever PodCon 21 gift box giveaway. Um, we're going to have a shirt in there. We're going to have some stickers. We're going to have a pin. Um, all sorts of things for, for you, Valerie. So thank you so much for for joining us today with that. And um, I will get this stuff out to you as soon as I possibly can. I'll be in touch through Facebook, through however I can get in touch with you. I think Jesse knows how to get in touch with Valerie. Oh, I can so. do that. So we will definitely be getting that out to you. Um, again, I cannot thank you guys enough. And I can't thank the listeners and the watchers enough for being a part of this. Um, I cannot wait to do it again. And I hope that next year is even bigger and even better because I, I feel like I feel like this could this could be an annual thing, huh? Definitely. Um, There's nothing stopping the community from here. <laughs> absolutely. So excellent. Well, I thank you guys all again, listeners, everyone, for a successful TMA podcon. Um, we will definitely be doing more of those in the future. Um, if you want to see any any of the shows that I'm a part of, twistmyarmpodcast.com, you'll find Sudden But Inevitable, Marvel Cannon Madness, Quest Me, you're going to find the Twist My Arm Podcast, and some other things on there as well. So twistmyarmpodcast.com is going to be where you find all of our stuff. We're going to take off now. We have been on PodCon. Let's, let's, uh, let's do an exit sign-off. We'll start with Jesse. Go to Pixie, then Aaron, then Sean, and I'll finish, and I'll go from there. So... Again, my name is Josh. My name is Jesse. Uh, my name is Pixie. <laughs> screwed it up. Uh, this is Sean. <laughs> my name is Aaron. <laughs> and we've been the TMA PodCon 2021.
thank you for listening to the Twist My Arm Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Follow us on Twitter at twistmyarmcast or Instagram at twistmyarmpodcast. Watch and chat live with us at twitch.tv slash tmagames or youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. To get everything all in one place or to book an appearance, go to twistmyarmpodcast.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them.